listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, mate? I'm, uh, I'm doing well and I'm excited for today's conversation. I think uh, it's always good to have um, uh, such depth of experience on the show, frankly. So uh, uh, I think today's conversation will be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I, I really um, am looking forward to kind of talking to our guest about uh, about the teams that he's been building and the things that he's been doing. And I think it's a really interesting um, depth of experience, as you say. So, um, And I think our listeners really ought to be aware that uh, the guest and yourself share a design background. So therefore... Um, probably everything is going to just be skewed in favor of designers and <laughs> entirely um, flawed, frankly, by the most people's thinking. But they, I mean, but you, <laughs> the two of you will feel that you are right and true and accurate the entire time. I, I think that's generally how it goes with designers, isn't it? I think so. I think <laughs> so. Uh, well, I, uh, I love to hate designers and hate to love designers. I don't know which which is it. I like designers, to be honest. I wish I was one. I'm just not that talented. <laughs> you have many talents in other places, my friend. So joining us today is Ian Vincent. Ian is the Senior Global Marketing Technology Manager at Olympus. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Ian. Thank you for having me. Ian, it's a real, real pleasure to be chatting with you, Ian. And uh, um, uh well, I, 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 because I think it's probably going to be the only time I'll get to say anything. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to ask you to introduce uh, um, uh, Olympus and your role there a bit more formally, if you would. Absolutely. Um, Olympus has three companies, um, or three businesses, I should say. Um, most of us are aware of the camera company, um, and uh, then there is a medical division, and then the industrial division. And so I'm part of the Olympus Industrial division company. Uh, we're based out of Waltham, Massachusetts, uh, and we build non-destructive testing equipment, uh, which is um, equipment that basically tests things that are being manufactured or, um, uh, you know, uh, things that could corrode, uh, where we would like use ultrasound or visual inspection or microscopes uh, or uh, XRF technology in um, uh, building and manufacturing. So, um, you know, testing thickness, testing corrosion in a pipeline, uh, testing for cracking, uh, stuff of that nature. So it's a really neat uh, technology and a really neat business to be marketing in. That is really cool. And, uh, and, and how did you come to it? I mean, how long have you been with Olympus? Um, I've been with Olympus about 11 years. Um, I've been in the in, uh, NDT world for 20 years. Um, I was acquired uh, through acquisition uh, um, through Olymp to Olympus, um, and I started on the ultrasound side. Uh, so working with, um, in Boston, there was a hub of ultrasound specialists I, that came out of MIT. Uh, so I was working with one of them uh, in a really small group, uh, and it was fantastic. We were in this old watch factory building. Um, and so my beginnings were there and I was doing everything from print design, ad design, uh, web page, uh, design, um, and, you know, really anything, there was anything that needed to happen. It was coming through me. 
the veritable jack of all trades at that point. That's correct. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think, uh, guys, for our uh, chat today, I, I think what we're going to try to kind of uh, dig into a bit is really the kind of the evolution of that marketing organization and uh, over the 11 years that you've been with Olympus, how how uh, the organization has kind of uh, evolved and uh, how you've sought to grow the team um, in, 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 given the uh, ever-increasing kind of digital contacts and nature of your work. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, oh, I think, frankly, some of that's going to be uh, a bit of uh, how would we do it if we were doing it from scratch because these things kind of happen somewhat organically sure. but uh, what is the story of of the evolution of the marketing function there how has it evolved over the years well um it it has gone from a place where we have jack of all trades to more of a specialist role um and that's been a fairly long evolution um, and I think it really came out of the idea and my background is print. Um, you know, my first real business uh, work was in a pre-press industry, uh, running film and, and the like. Um, and um, so we came to this world saying, all right, um, here's print and here's this thing called AOL and we need to start building stuff for it. Um, and we became kind of jack of all trades. And then, you know, there were videos and audio clips and podcasts. And so we all, we tried to do everything, uh, you know, one man bands, if you will. And I would say within the last three years, we really have started to reorganize and have specialists. Um, granted, uh, there are quite a few members of the team that, do have uh, abilities, you know, beyond the norm. We have some overlaps um, from the, you know, uh, if I'd say for, from the photography perspective, for an example, uh, the creative group has a photographer and a videographer, and I also have background in that uh, from the digital team. Um, so we do have the overlap, but what we've seen is a lot more specialists um web development specialists graphic design specialists um and uh you know one of the big challenges right now is big data so we have somebody on the team now that all they do is manage data and, and uh, manage measurement and, and see how things are going can you give our listeners a sense of the the size of the team and um and then maybe we'll talk through some of the roles yeah um, actually it's a quite a small team um in the scheme of things um there's a creative team and the digital team we work really without silos um and uh we really look at each other as um, members but from a reporting standpoint there's two of us uh and it's a team of about 10 people and then we have uh, about i think it's 11 people up in quebec city for translations uh, we also have some team members in uh, Tokyo, Japan, uh, and some team members in Germany. Um, and um, we are a global team. And so that's been re really neat and eye-opening for me to learn how marketing is different in Europe or in Asia or in Japan um, or in Australia or uh, Latin America and the likes. Um, so it's, it's been a really neat learning process for me as we become more and more global. 
Perhaps it's a bit of a tangent, but I'd be curious to know what some of the more surprising things you found in that uh, transition have been. Um, it might sound uh, so. I think one of the interesting parts of marketing is the evolution of email, um, and I think um, in the states we. Um, we're we are okay with sending, say, marketing emails or or emails from the sales rep. Um, from a say uh, Japanese perspective, and and our emails may be full of images and 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 you know sales rep's face, something of that nature. Um, but in Asia or in Japan, the emails are still just really text based um, and very clean text-based emails. And that was one of those things that I was very surprised by. I don't know if that's an industry thing or if it's uh, marketing uh, in general, because you go to Japan and you, the marketing is very extreme to, to what we're used to here uh, in the States or in Canada. So um, uh, it, it, that was kind of one of those surprising things that, you know, you, you see all this Technicolor marketing in Japan, and then you look at the marketing that we're doing, and it's it, 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 and it's not in, in a huh. way. Yeah. And as a you know, you started out as a a more traditional graphic designer, yes. um, from what I understand. And uh, you know, maybe if there's time, we can talk a little bit about your your background and how you come by that because I, I think it's really interesting. But uh, how? Have- but of course you do. You're a designer. <laughs> See, this is what I warned the people about. Yeah, it's, it's not so much about that. Um, so, what, but I please. I, I was going to say. So, what version of Photoshop did you start with? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> version two, but that's uh, beside the point. <laughs> um, but I, I do think it's it's interesting, kind of how you know, how the web has changed because of course, even, even just over the last 11 or so years that you've been with Olympus, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've seen dramatic and, and massive change to how not just designers, but how agencies, how manufacturers, how marketers in general have, have approached the web. What, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen um, in terms of what you've needed to learn about the web in that time? learn about the web in that time. I think that the biggest challenge was going from an environment that was HTML and local, um, you know, working with uh, applications like Dreamweaver or even if I did myself go live um, and, and CGI scripts and um, going to a world of databases and CRMs and CMSs. Um, and understanding how they work um, and understanding what we can do with that type of data or how we can separate uh, different content for different regions. One of the things that we did that I thought was very interesting is it's a trend often for companies to create, you know, 40 websites, one for each country or, or region. And the approach that I've always taken was at the end of the day, the customer doesn't really matter um, what region they are and they just want to find out the information. So we've always asked that question at the end of that process. So somebody would fill out a, there would be one website, somebody would fill out a contact form and in the back end, we would then route it. 
uh, to the correct sales team in the correct country. And that was a very eye-opening process to go through like CGI, CGI scripts that were doing that to uh, databases that was that we would manage and, and, and implement. That was a, a big curve for me, um, especially when you start looking at zip code, codes and, and such. You know, we have a sales rep for each zip code in America. Uh, that's a lot of data. So that's been a really big challenge and learning curve for me. I really like that approach, however, the notion of um, what segment at the end of that conversion process, not at the start of it. Yeah. And it seems to me that it would make the, the, make the management of the digital infrastructure on the front end much, much more simple. Especially from a translation perspective uh, and from a product launch perspective. Um, product launches are still uh, all hands on deck process, um, but uh, we're only updating one website, um, and but we're doing it with eight languages. Um, so it's still a a long process, um, but yes, I agree with you. It's a lot easier, and then each region is up to date with everything that's going on. We're not expected that different regions would have to launch their pages also. So, yes. I think too, from a, just purely from a maintenance of an overall infrastructure perspective, that makes a ton of sense. And I, th I think it creates a more seamless experience for the user to not force them to know which site or to redirect them, you know, once they've loaded the initial page, oh, it looks like you're in Canada, you know, would you like the English or French version or, or what have you? Right. Instead, it's just a matter of, okay, you arrive at the Olympus site and and you digest the content. And if there's something that you would like to uh, get more information on at, at that point, you, you declare where you are. Right. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's a bit of a user, a user first uh, perspective. And I like well, and how many times have we seen brands that uh, are maintaining multiple sites across multiple jurisdictions and they, in some ways, after a while, especially if the management of those sites kind of fall through the different regions and they're given a bit of autonomy, um, often they kind of lose a sense of cohesiveness in the brand voice. It, it becomes very disjointed. You look at the European side and you look at the uh, North American side and they they kind of seem like they're communicating different USPs and the brand stands for different things in different markets. And of course, it, you know, you can't, the only person you're really fooling in that moment, I think is yourself. You're not fooling the prospect or the customer in any way. Yeah, exactly. And then you end some site in Bavaria that is like still sized for 640 by 480 and nobody's updated it in forever. Yeah, the PDF is 10 years old and yeah. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's bit.ly slash sample ABM. Um, I do think that one of the things that you had said, Ian, that was that was particularly interesting was this notion of, you know, kind of starting out with you know, static sites and CGI scripts and all of that. And I mean, back in those days, you know, the, the technology stack was usually not the 
the domain of the marketing organization. It was the domain of the IT organization. And over the years, we've seen a, a big transition of you know, overall technology spend is up in marketing and perhaps down in IT as a result. How have you seen that progression over the years? Yeah, um, we are, have, I've been in a very unique role that the websites have, uh, in my Olympus history, the website has always lived in marketing. Um, and I think that's extremely unique. Uh, a lot of the peers that I've worked with, as you noted, um, the websites were um, part of the IT function. Um, I think from a technology or moving from one technology, one technology to another, uh, when it lives in an IT world, there may be uh, some benefits uh, from a coding perspective, but from a marketing perspective, and this is where I think we're starting to really see the benefits of having um, this role in marketing, we're seeing the customers, um, we're able to visualize the customer's journey better and understand the customer because it's not just a website, it is a part of a complete funnel of content, um, social media content, uh, print content, trade shows, and then websites. So they're all intertwined with each other um, and making sure that messaging and visuals all are connected is huge. Um, and um, I think that the, bringing the websites into marketing challenges marketing to a certain degree but I think those are really good challenges to figure out uh, because ultimately it will give us a better messaging to our customer uh, and give a better customer experience. I couldn't agree more, but at the same time, I like the 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 note of caution in your voice there to say it's because uh, everybody can kind of, I think oftentimes uh, uh, marketers see that as a, uh, um, you know, that, that then they've won the battle if they can just wrestle control of the side away from IT. But it's like, yeah, that's only the first step of it. Uh, uh, get, getting actually to, to know what you're doing in that domain and um, uh, and and to to be comfortable and native there is not something that comes easy to every market organization. Yeah, and I would say one of the challenges that I've personally faced over the years is being so close to the tree, I don't see the forest. Um. And uh, that becomes very challenging, uh, especially when you're building very large websites. Um, and over the years, I've gotten better at that. And one of the joys of having a global team um, and global customers, my internal customers, is that I have many eyes looking at the same uh, process or pages or, or content, uh, which really helps um, build the journey journey better. Um, though recently, I've also looked at fo looking at focus groups to also help me out through that process uh, to make sure that we're designing uh, content the way that we expect or the customer expects it will uh, work and look like. Sorry, that wasn't a very good sentence. <laughs> no, no, but uh, I'm curious. Is that type of qualitative um, uh, research uh, and and, and uh, kind of UX sensibility, et cetera, something that part of, a, I guess, indicative of some of the specialty roles that you've evolved in-house over absolutely. the years? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And, and on our team, we have somebody that is most definitely more UX-centric centric and um, someone that's more 
uh, code centric from the perspective of uh, contact forms and uh, making sure those processes work. Um, so absolutely, yep. Um, and that's part of when I was developing this team, really looking at how can I, ha again, have the overlap for I have these two, two coders able to do the, the same work, but also give them, uh, but they're each bringing something that's very specific as an addition to that. Um, so it's it's been a, the team that we've built, I am extremely happy about because we are very adaptive and we're very agile to the challenges that we're facing. Uh, and I feel very lucky to have such a strong team behind uh, behind us right now. So it's been really neat. You think that perhaps your uh, your team structure and kind of your focus and, and understanding of the web, and this is where Carmen's going to, I can hear him rolling his eyes, um, is a bit different given that it it's, it's design-led uh, rather than marketer-led? Because I do think it creates different types of teams that maybe think about things in, in perhaps a, a slightly different way. I wouldn't have thought the microphone was sensitive enough to pick up uh, the eye rolling sound. So. <laughs> um, I, I think that's one of the challenges that we're, we're, we're adjusting to right now is that we have been marketing led and we need the uh, more communication on what our customer needs or our external customer needs or how they expect something to happen. Um, which means that we need to communicate to our sales groups more often and understand more of what their needs are. Um, this is something that we've been breaking down for quite some time, but it is one of the challenges to find that balance between uh, design and, and, and sales marketing. Um, so it is interesting to see something that was, it was heavily marketing led to working with specialists around the world we have these wonderful scientists and and and, and uh, specialists in different fields of you know uh, technology and being able to sit down with them and talk about the technology and then create content around that um, and as you both probably know this is now also very big for google uh, from the perspective that Google is now looking for these authoritative people that will answer the questions that people are looking for. Um, so it's been a really neat process to go from a really design concept group to more of a sales specialist group, if that makes any sense. I, I think it does for sure. And I, I think that that's, that's really interesting. One, one of the things that you mentioned a little bit ago was this idea of being able to see the forest. And, and when we connected uh, ahead of the recording here, you had mentioned that that was sometimes why you would rely, although you've built this uh, very uh, powerful internal team, that often you rely on outside agencies to get that kind of ability to see the forest. How, how are you integrating with, uh, with external organizations? Um, you know, the f funny thing about COVID for me has been working with our external agencies. Um, I've had more video conferences with them in the last month. That has been absolutely amazing um, because we're able to communicate and work. Um, actually, I feel like more effectively. 
But the way that we're using them is to look at how we've created pages um, and how we could better uh, create pages from the perspective of SEO. Um, and we're also making sure that some of the technology on the back end is maintained correctly. Um, some of the structure that is in place, I built 11 to 15 years ago um, and is still in place. And um, a lot has changed in that time. So bringing in an agency that would take the time to go through um, some of the uh, how the pages are built, how the Google, Google Analytics data is being collected, how is it being filtered, um, how are all the conversion tracking working and, and the like has been a fantastic part of the process because we just kind of close our eyes and say, yeah, it worked five years ago, so it's still going to work today. Um, and uh, it, bringing in an agency to look at how we're doing things has been an eye-opening experience from a technology learning perspective and correction perspective. I can tell you from the uh, from the agency side, and we should tell our listeners that we don't work together from a, in an agency relationship, so that's, you're not, we're not the agency you're referring to and vice versa. But I have found um, that so often the, the case is that um, uh, a lot of that infrastructure isn't set it and forget it. And, um, and I see it time and again, whether it's with a, an analytics uh, setup, uh, like say conversion tracking with NGA or or even a, a Google Ads account that's been uh, left to, uh, uh, to to just kind of get in the wild on its own for far too long. Uh, there's often some of the very early and uh, significant value that that uh, that I find we deliver as an agency. So I, I guess I've, I've seen it from the other side. Like you can kind of dive into those. Um, um, you, know, you start doing that with those page, the page analysis. You start looking at uh, uh, conversion tracking within GA, and um, and it just it seems like the brand has just you know it was set up five years ago, and right. that's that. And um, so uh, I think that's a it's a very um, a solid advice for marketers listening. It's just uh, don't just assume that it's because it's done that you can uh, check it off the list and never yeah. look at it again. No, absolutely, um, because a lot of our decisions are being um, made because of the data that we're collecting. You know, our wins and our losses are, are, are based on metrics. And if that metric data is being measured incorrectly or is doubling up or something of that nature um, or not being collected at all, you, you may make different decisions than if it was being collected, collected correctly. Um, yeah, yeah, no question. No question. I mean, it, um, things like Google Tag Manager, um, really changed how Google uh, and websites interacted with each other. Um, and I, I personally believe you need a PhD to understand Google Tag Manager correctly. Um, and, and making sure that that system was set up correctly for me was huge. And there were adjustments be, that needed to be made, but now we're collecting the data in such a way that all the triggers go off in the correct order and is collecting the data the way that we really want it to be collected. That makes complete sense, and I think this has been a uh, fascinating conversation. Kind of we've meandered a bit from 
um, the evolution of the marketing organization from generalist to specialist, the, um, the, the marketing uh, maintaining uh, control of the, the tech stack and kind of what that means all the way through to uh, uh, the evolution of uh, uh, design versus uh, uh, sales thinking and in, in, in driving the, the, the work of the marketing department. So I think this has been a, a, a just a fascinating Thank conversation. Thank you. It's been uh, it's been good chatting. Thanks for sharing your uh, experience with us. It's been a pleasure to be uh, a part of this podcast. And I, I greatly appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Ian. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.